on, give Jesus all the praise, everybody. Come on, give Jesus the highest praise, everybody. Come on. All right. Give somebody a high five and tell them it looks like you've lost a little weight. Come on, tell them. Just, just go ahead and give them some good news, praise the Lord. By the way, if you want to encourage me, that's what you say, okay? Just uh, write that down. It ain't never going to be true, but that's what I love to hear, all right? I'm oh, serious. I, this is, I'm not lying when I say this. I set a goal at the beginning of this year. I figure right after the 21 days of prayer, you know, that's a good time to set some weight loss goals, you know, get a little jump start on the, during the prayer and fasting time. And I set a goal. It's a true story. I set a goal this year. I thought I could lose uh, 20 pounds over the course of all of 2019. Uh, getting that jump start from the 21 days of prayer and fasting. I'm happy to report here we are here about, about a third of the way through the year and only have 30 pounds to go. Come on, somebody. I'm, getting, I'm really close. Y'all keep praying for me, all right? So, hey, I've got a lot of um, things I want to share with you, um, and this is just going to be as raw as a message as you've ever heard. I'm processing a lot of these thoughts. That's why I really didn't want to speak. I, I did beg with Dina. I said, please pick someone else. And they're in my heart. They've been in my heart for about uh, five or six months is when the Lord dropped this in my heart, and we'll find out after tonight if I was actually ready to share it or not, all right? So we'll see. Um, so just let me just talk with you. I, don't want, I really don't feel like preaching to you. I feel like you're sufficiently inspired. Can I hear a better amen, everybody? Yeah. I think you're inspired. I just, I just want to share some thoughts I think are from God I want to share with you. I, I can't go any further without giving a shout out to my pastor, Larry Stocksdale. I love you with all of my heart. Thank God you're in my life. Sister Melanie, you, just, you guys are so dear to me. Pastor Tommy, you're a hero. Thank you so much. Rick and Randy, thank you for being my best friends in the whole world. Can't imagine life without y'all. And I mean that. All the lead team, I can't believe we get to do what we do. Dino, thank you for being a, a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Greg, thank you for being the first money that planted Church of the Highlands 18 years ago. I love every single one of you with all my heart. Would y'all give my hand, everybody, all these incredible, incredible people? should never start naming names because there's actually so many that I would love uh, to honor. Uh, you've already heard a lot of things that we're trying to make available to you. I'm not trying to add to the pile. I do want to mention to you, though, that um, I, I, I've written another book that's coming out a week from today, actually, that I begged the publisher. I said, please, please, please price it. Take anything out for me out of it so that we can resource pastors. For years, I've wanted to produce a tool that churches could give to new believers or to new members. And I've, I've written a book called What's Next? The Journey to Know God, Find Freedom, Discover Purpose, and Make a Difference. And, um, and so I, I, I actually called them today. I said, can I just buy them? Can I just buy everybody here at ARC their first copy? So if you want it, you don't have to take it, but there's a copy out there for free. Don't even try to pay for it. It's already been paid for. Help yourself to it, all right? And... Um, and uh, so, and if you like it, if you think it could help serve your church, uh, there are discounted ways to get it so you can use it. We're going to use it for every person who gives their life uh, to Jesus uh, here at Highlands. It's going to be our gift to them. So if it's something that fits for your church, help yourself to that. Uh, we've also produced uh, uh, a worship CD our team has, and the song that we sang tonight, that Jesus, How I Need You, is one of the main songs on it, and we have a free copy of that CD out there for you in the foyer as well. All right, so just take those. Uh, if you're, yeah, if you're interested in that, I, I've been charged by the lead team and, and Pastor Greg and, and Dino to mention to you, uh, to give you my personal invitation to be a part of the family. 
and not only be a part of the relationship side, but be a part of the mission. We, we're, we're a network with a cause. So we, don't do, we, we gather and we, we love each other, but we do more than gather and love each other. We, we're trying to accomplish something on this earth. There are 7,000 churches closing their doors in America every year. Yeah, uh, we're planting, not us, but the, the body of Christ is planting about uh, three, some say as high as 4,000 a year, but that still leaves us, we're netting a loss of more than 3,000 churches every year. Um, and, you know, and Jesus is coming back for the church, you know, so I can't think of a better thing that we invest our time, money, and energies into than church planting. And uh, so we, we as a church, Highlands gives 2% of our total income to ARC uh, as a part of our missions portfolio, our missions budget. And I think it's some of the best dollars that we give, actually. I think it, I think it provides the highest return on the investment. Uh, ARC is giving seven, eight, nine million dollars a year away to church planters, but those same church planters are giving more than 50 million dollars a year to missions around the world. So we're multiplying that money times seven, and I just think it's one of the most strategic investments that we, we make, and none of us on the lead team uh, make a penny from this. When we travel and we're a part of ARC, we do that all on our own personal and church's expenses. We don't, uh, you know, none of us get a dime from, from ARC. And, uh, and what we do as a team, a lead team, is we underwrite all of the expenses of ARC so that when churches and people give to ARC, 100% of that goes to church planters, all right? So just so you'll know how that rolls, all right? And tomorrow night, we are going to all participate as the Lord leads in, a, in an offering. And, uh, and I'm not asking you to give. I'm asking you to ask God whether you should give. My favorite giving verse is in 2 Corinthians where it says, each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give. So you got to think about, so you got, so decide. So just do that part, just decide, all right? So, but, so I, I tell our church, I, I've never raised a dollar in our church. I just said, I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not asking you. Not, I never have asked you, and I'm going to ask you today, but I'm unapologetically asking you to ask God. And so between now and tomorrow night, just do me one favor, just ask God, and then just do what he says. And Tammy and I plan on participating personally, and our church uh, is going to give an offering. I want to thank um, about 100 churches who seeded the offering of more than almost $700,000 has already been given in advance of tomorrow night as a seed toward that. And 100% of it, 100% of it, none of it's going to the conference. Our, our vendors take care of all that. Not a penny goes to the conference. Every single penny goes to church planters. Can I hear a good amen, everybody? All right. Just tomorrow night, tomorrow night, all right. So here's the verse that I've been, I've been stirred with. Um, it's out of Isaiah chapter 61. And I usually preach without notes, but this is my little security blanket because I'm, really, I'm not sure I'm ready. But we'll see. Okay, all right. So, um, so it says this. It says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. You know this verse. Jesus quoted it when he came into the temple, the synagogue, because the Lord has anointed me. And by the way, I want you to notice here, um, I make the case in my book, and I have made the case in our GROW conferences that God has always wanted four things for people. He wants lost people saved, saved people pastored, pastored people discipled, discipled people mobilized. That is, that is the Great Commission. Say it any way you want, every way you want, but God has always wanted the lost to get out of the bondage of the devil and be free, salvation. And then once you get them out of the bondage of the devil, then you have to get the devil out of them. Come on, somebody, right? Because you can get out of Egypt, but Egypt can still be inside of you. 
There's a deliverance component. There's a, there's a freedom component, we call it. And then there's a redemption component where now we're discovering the redemptive call because we have something we need to do and it's not making bricks in a mud pit, no, but we do still have a calling so that the church can get out there and get mobilized and we're never gonna win anything if we don't get the church mobilized, all right? And I make the case that it's cover to cover. You can see that. Well, Isaiah, it's just one more time. I can show you at least 12 different places, Old Testament and you, where God has always wanted those four things. And then here it is again, because he wanted, he, he's anointed me, first of all, to preach the good news to people who are lost, to, to the poor, and then to get the Egypt out of them, to see them find freedom, to heal the brokenhearted, to get their, to, as the Apostle Paul prayed in Ephesians 1, he said, I pray that the eyes of their heart would, could get enlightened. Once they know God, I just wish their heart could get pure and clean, and they, they're seeing the right way, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort those who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. So now they were doing the wrong thing, but now we're gonna put a crown on their heads, a, 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 a different position, if you will, a purpose for their life. The oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they, got, they might be mobilized. They're called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified, and they're going to go out there, and they're going to rebuild everything that the devil tore up. They're going to rebuild the old ruins and raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities and the desolation of many generations. By the way, this is the hope of God, that the church is mobilized. Amen, everybody? And I really believe that. Say it however you want to say it for your own congregation, but he's always wanted us to know God, find freedom, discover purpose. Get out there and make a difference. But there's a little line in this text that is just about five months ago I couldn't get away from, and it's, I really feel like the Lord wants to say something to us to give them the oil of, say the first word in yellow, to get the oil of joy. joy. I'm going to talk to you about joy. The oil of joy for all the places where you're mourning, the garment of praise. Notice that it's not the garment of worship. Worship's important. Probably 75% of my prayer time is worship. But even worship is heavy. It says when they worship that the glory of God, the weight of God fell into that place. Worship is heavy. And I find a lot of churches doing a, a lot of worship, but I'm telling you, they don't need just worship. They need some praise too because it's the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. It's, you gotta, they, they're, both, they're both extremely important. And in fact, one of the words the Lord gave me is that, is that we, we really are spending way too much time just focusing on, even maybe sometimes starting our services with this deep, intimate, powerful, thank God for it, worship. But I'm going to tell you something. We need more than that. We, we, need, we need some shouting and dancing and praising and laughing. In the church that I grew up in at Bethany, that Pastor Larry, uh, his father started in you know, 1962, I mean, Y'all, we, you know, our praise and worship services, we, did, we were 30 minutes in before we ever got to a slow song. Y'all remember them days, everybody? I mean, we were shouting and, come on, this is the day the Lord has made. We would sing and shout. And my best memories, honestly, are those times. And I really believe it's important. I, I'm, I'm not trying to set some things in order, but you just take it for whatever it's worth. But even the Bible says to enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with, not worship. Enter his courts with, come on, say it out loud, with. Y'all know what word that is in the Hebrew? It's tehillah. Where'd they get the word tequila? No, I'm just kidding. 
That's not the rest. That was a lie. It's not true. But it does mean it's this, it's this, it's this excitement. It's this praise. It's this shouting. It's this, it's this. I think it's important. I think it's critically important because I believe with all my heart that in America and the world, there is a, not just heaviness, there's a spirit of heaviness. Some of y'all came to conference with a spirit. You got a spirit of heaviness on you. So Chris, how do I get out of it? You need the garment of praise. I'm telling you, you just need, you need joy back in your life. One of the things that I, I ask God to speak to me whenever I'm share, when I get the opportunity to share there, and I really do count it an honor because every one of these guys uh, and ladies could just bring it. And it just, and, and, and we've been honored to host this here for the last four years and we kind of glad it's going to Charleston next year. Amen, everybody. But uh, <laughs> we've loved it. But come on, Greg, it's your turn. All right, anyway. So. And, uh, but one of the things that I asked the Lord to do, and Rick did it so beautifully this morning, is we, get, we want you to get the culture of who we are. Last year, I talked about relationships. We're the association of related churches. Like every, You can't multiply without intimacy. You got to understand that. It's, it's relationship. But one of the distinctives of ARC, too, is we laugh. <laughs> we happy, y'all. We just, we got the joy. We, if y'all could see us by ourselves, it's, it's everybody talking at the same time and everybody telling some kind of joke at the same time. I, we, we just, it's not, we, well, I was, we were back in my green room earlier t- today. We was just back there swapping brand new Boudreaux stories. Come on, somebody, right? But y- y'all want to hear? It's not a proper, it's not a proper... It ain't a proper art conference with at least one Boudreaux story. I don't know. Now, I'm going to tell one that is my current favorite. And if you've been to Grow, you've already heard this. And so I apologize. But when I saw the lights of how many people here for the first time. So if you've heard it, this ain't for you. This is for everybody who's here for the first time. But it's, I like telling it at conference because it's just the best. It's just a great conference joke because it actually is one you could learn from. It could actually be helpful for you. All right. <laughs> And uh, because a lot of you guys came here, you know, maybe you came here with your team and maybe, just maybe, you're rooming with different team members in a hotel room and maybe, just maybe, you know, you're having a little trouble sleeping because you found out that brother snores pretty loud, right? <laughs> well, Boudreaux and Thibodeau, they both volunteered for a base, we call it the Evangeline Baseball League. It is a little, little, little league baseball teams. And when they got to travel ball, nobody... Nobody really wants to a room with Coach Boudreaux because he snores so bad. So what they decided to do is take turns. So at least you only get one night. So all the different coaches, first night, Coach Boudreaux gets in, Thibodeau gets in there. And then when he comes into the breakfast room at the hotel the next morning, oh, oh Thibodeau's all, eyes are all blood shoot, as we Cajuns say, and he's, he's all tired. And they say, what happened? What happened? He says, man, as soon as we turn the light off, you know, Boudreaux starts snoring. I sit there on the bed and just watch him all night long. Well, the next night it was Coach Pierre's turn. And same thing, came in the breakfast room the next morning. His eyes were all blood shooting. He's all tired. He said, what happened? What happened? He said, as soon as we turn the lights off, Boudreaux starts snoring, and I sit there on the bed and watch him all night long. But the third night, it was Coach Guidry's turn. He's a little, he's a little smarter than Mother Cajuns, and he came to the breakfast room all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. They said, what happened? What happened? They said, before we turned the light off, I went over to Coach Boudreaux's bed, and I tuck him in, and I gave him a little kiss right here. He watched me all night long, I guarantee you. <laughs> You might want to write that down. Some of you are like, best conference tip ever. Yeah, there you go. So there you go. You're welcome. (laughs) And so, um, 
But I'm telling you, listen to me. You want to grow your church? You need more laughter. You need more joy. You need more fast songs. Thank God for the slow songs. We do them. I mean, I, I thank, God for, thank God for those intimate times of worship. But, you know, worship is very vertical. I can almost do it without you. I cannot praise without you. Praise is horizontal. We come together for a, a collective shout, a collective dance. Hey, get it back in the church, everybody. Put the praise back in the church. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm trying to, I'm trying to help you all right now because there's a heaviness. People are coming in. I'm telling you, you can look at them, and they, they're tired. And if they could leave, they're going, wow, I'm so glad I came. Like lifting the spirit of heaviness off of them. How do you do it? Put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lift up your heart to God. Come on, y'all know that song? No, y'all don't know that song. <laughs> oh, my Yes, there's a, there's a couple old folks over there, all right. That's right. It's the garment of praise. It's important. I don't know if you all heard this story about the dad who was going through the grocery store <laughs> and his little toddler in the little basket in the grocery cart crying and screaming his head off. So the dad just walking through the grocery store, calm down, Albert. Don't cry, Albert. Be nice, Albert. It's going to be okay, Albert. Don't get upset, Albert. And a lady came by and she thought, wow, you really are gentle with your child. I'm impressed the way you're talking to little Albert. She said, he said, ma'am, I'm Albert, you know. <laughs> Come on, any Alberts in the room here today? I mean, I'm gonna, let me give you the word of the Lord. Don't grieve, don't, 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 grieve, don't cry. Don't, don't get depressed. The joy of the Lord is your strength. That's your strength. You want a church growth tool? Here it is. Write it down. You ready? Get your notes out. Ready? Here, here's your church. Our, the number one request, about, we did a survey <laughs> about what you guys want. Speakers was ninth on the list of what you want, by the way. Uh, in, uh, encouragement was the second thing on the list. A church growth tool is number one. So, here, so, so I'm serving you right now. Here's your church growth tool. Serve the Lord with gladness. I'm quoting God. <laughs> serve the Lord with gladness. So if you want a church growth tool, serve the Lord with gladness. Like said Chris, but I'm not glad. Joy, joy is not an emotion. Joy is a choice. Joy is what you believe. Just serve the Lord. Watch. You want to grow your church? Go through the aisles high-fiving. I, go, go, through the, go through the church before it begins and after it's over with, with your pockets full of Jolly Ranchers and just start passing them out. <laughs> you think I'm kidding. You look at any church that's growing, you're going to go watch the pastors. They're happy to be there. They're laughing. The, I, they're, they're, they're laughing before. I visited three churches over spring break. I took three weeks off. Pastor Dino did a three-week series during, during the spring break weeks, and I went out and served some other churches. And every single one of them are growing and vibrant, and it's exciting. And every one of them, the pastor is the most fun person I've ever been around in my entire life. You want to you grow your church? Joy, everybody. Joy. So this is really deep. I'm going to give you three things. It's just really deep how you can do this. This is very deep. Like you're going to never have heard this before. So this is how you, how do you serve the Lord with gladness? Here's the first one. Be joyful. So I mean, just smile and just, just happy. Just, you ready for this? 
Be positive. I, so much negativity. I am wearied by the negativity in the world. I mean, some of y'all need to get off the news and off your comment boards of your social media. You need to stop. I, actually, I don't, I don't watch the news. I really don't know what's going on. I figured if it's important enough, somebody will tell me. I'm telling you the truth. I don't read. I have, I have people read my mail for me. When it's positive, they hand it to me. When it's negative, they, they, we, we respond that we ain't going to read it at churchofthehollands.com. Come on, somebody, right? I'm just telling you, be, be positive and be encouraging. I know this is really deep. I'm so sorry. I'm still processing this, but... I mean, you've ever noticed the Apostle Paul's letters that he wrote? And you've ever noticed how his salutations, all the people he's mentioning? Of course, there are always these Greek people. Oh, platypus and eucalyptus and, you know, <laughs> he does all these. But what was he doing? He was just encouraging people. And, and recently I did some, I was doing some... Um, I do a lot of, I read, I read and study a lot of secular leadership stuff because I just enjoy it. I enjoy seeing how businesses run and companies run. And, and I was watching this podcast of this restaurant in New York City that is every year rated as the favorite spot for people to go. And he was explaining why they had that kind of reputation. And in this short little, it was only like a six-minute podcast, this guy was talking about that what they do is they specialize in treating people with a joyful experience, a, a pleasurable experience. And they went through the ways that they do that. But what was intriguing to me, he said, the number one way that we get, that, we get uh, uh, that kind of atmosphere, he says, the number one way is it's the employees. Like when they love what they do and when they're joyful, he says, so now we don't even hire people based on their skill sets. We hire people based on their, on, their, on their emotional quotient, just how they make people feel. I have come to the conclusion that people don't remember our words. They remember how we make them feel. I'm telling you. I hope when you left ARC, you feel like we were hospitable to you, that we loved you, we cared for you, we were generous to you. All those are extremely important. So what's the point? The point is that the best Way, the best way for this spirit, this garment of praise to come into the church world that I'm, I'm really on a little, this is my word for this year, is just to get the joy back in churches is it's got to begin with the leader. Can I get a better amen, everybody? Like, it's got to start with, it's got to start with me. I got to be joyful. And if you know anything about the Old Testament priests, the Old Testament priests, they had, they had different things that he put on. You know, he got the, the turban on his head, holy to the Lord, and he's got the breastpiece of relationships, all the 12 names, the relationships over his heart. All those are very important. Got that linen undergarment, you know, that just makes him wear, it's, it's, it's just so that it could, it said so it could breathe, so that his work could be restful, and uh, he, had, he had all these things. But on top of it all, was a robe, the Bible says, a robe of the ephod, entirely a blue cloth. Pomegranates of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn around the hem of the robe with gold bells. So imagine this long blue robe, and all around Josephus, the extra biblical writer, the Bible didn't record it, but he said there were 72 bells. That's how many were that were around the hem of the garment of the priest. Now watch this. 
And the gold bells and the pomegranates are to alternate around the hem of the robe. And Aaron must wear bells when he ministers. Is anybody getting a revelation here, John? And the sound of the bells is to be heard when he enters and when he leaves. Come on, he was jingling all the way, everybody, right? That's your picture right there. That's got to be me and you. I'm telling you, they'll beat the door down. If it's a place where I'm, come on, pastor, tell me another boo joke. Yeah, just come on, just give me some joy. And I'm not talking about just fun and games. I'm talking about genuine joy, laughter, just having a good time. And, and that, honestly, that's what I love about this team so much. These are some, y'all, we have a lot of fun. We got together 18 years ago, honestly, because we wanted just to be together. Let's figure out something to do together. We, we are deeply devoted to one another. And the best part of my life all these ministry years has, has just been the people in my life and how much fun we have. I mean that with all my heart. So let's close tonight like, why? Then why isn't it not there? Why, why, why are the topics going on in the church world now around depression and anxiety and giving up, and 50% of all pastors would quit the ministry if they knew how to make money some other way. They just don't, so they stay. 90% lonely, 70% say they're chronically depressed. What? And we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be wearing a robe that jingles all the way. I just got, I got one, I got an assignment. I got to get the robe back on you. And there's a lot of ways. I started making a list. Y'all, there's a lot of reasons why ministers aren't joyful. I just, can I just give you four? I bet there's 54, but let me give you four. The first thing I think is stealing your joy is discontent. I meet more pastors that just don't like where they are. They're dreaming about another day. Well, one day when we get a building, why don't you just enjoy the high school right now? One day when I... One day when we, we, we can't even find any land. We ain't got no land in my city. You got land everywhere now, man. I mean, just discontented. I mean, just not happy. And it's like you, parents do it. When, when, they have, when you have babies, you think, well, what? can't wait till they can walk around and talk to me a little bit. And then they start walking around and talking. You're like, shut up, shut up, you shut up. Thank God one day when they become teenagers, and then they become teenagers, like, oh, my God, I, I miss them when they were six or seven. <laughs> I have a theory. I call it the good old days theory, and my good old days theory is it, today's never the good old days. It's either the days in the future or the days gone by, but why can't the good old days be today? Just why, why can't this be the day the Lord has made, and I will come on and rejoice and be glad in it? And I'm telling you, Pastor, you got to just grab hold of joy on every day. Stop being so discontent. Now, the, one of the culprits of discontent is y'all are looking at too many other people, okay? Now, have you some models and have you some role models and some people you love, but get off. Can, I, I told Dina before the service, I was like, I think I'm this close to completely getting off of all social media like I'm done with it. I, I'm done. I really am. And in fact, I'm not trying to make a statement, and I don't want this to go too far, uh, but, um, you know, we have participated in, the, in those fastest growing and largest lists, 
And we just, I, the more God put this in me, I think it's hurting the church more than helping. And I wrote a, I wrote a letter to those who produced that and just said, we are grateful for the, you know, the, the exposures they've given us over the years, but we, we're opting out. I just don't think it's helping anymore. We won't be participating in that any longer. I just, I don't know. I'm not trying to make a statement. I'm just trying to say, it's just not wise to compare the miserable part of your life with everybody else's highlight reel. Because they ain't living like that either. Now we got everybody posting snippets of their sermons and you're just thinking, well, I can't preach like that. I mean, nobody can preach. You're trying to be T.D. Jakes. Ain't nobody can be T.D. Jakes except for T.D. Jakes. So you're trying to be as nice as Joel Osteen. God's not as nice as Joel. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I was a joke. I'm kidding. Take it off the tape. And some of y'all are going to go home. Ah! Don't do that. Only Wayne Francis can do that, everybody. I even practice. I can't do it. I, just, I can't do it. I can't do it. I, just can't. I can't do it. Y'all sit down. I can't do it. I can't do it. Oh, stop. 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 Hey, hey, hey. But touch three people and say, this is good preaching. No, don't do that. That's Stephen Furtick. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And some of y'all need to stop doing it. Paul said, I know what it is to have no campus, no building, no trailer, no people. And I know what it is to have everybody showing up, but I have learned the secret of being in every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry. So... So you can believe this if you want or not. I really had this relationship with the Lord. And I said, God, if you want me on somebody else's team, if I get more done for you being an associate pastor, I'll go back and do it again. I don't need this. I need you. And I've just decided, write this down, to enjoy my season and my portion. I'm not a good preacher, I'm a, but I can get you some systems that will help grow your church. And I, am, I remember the day I embraced, this is my little bitty slice of the pie of the body of Christ, and I'm just going to be the best Chris Hodges there is. And I've been a lot happy. Y'all have no idea how much joy, really, how much joy I have in my heart. And just love my city, my state, my preaching abilities. I really don't have my teaching abilities. My, what I do, my family, mine, my season, my portion. Say amen. All right. So the second reason that I think a lot of people are losing their joy is just neglect. So you've neglected the source of joy, and you already know this, but you're not spending enough time with the source of joy, okay? Y'all are spending time in, your, in the Bible to find sermons, and really sometimes no time with God, and there's way to, I, I do, I, I coach a lot of pastors, I pastor a lot of pastors, spend time with a lot of leaders, and here's my observation, that there are way too many people overexposed and underdeveloped. You're like a bad picture. You're overexposed and underdeveloped. Like, so let me say it this way. You're pouring out way faster than you're taking it in. So they're pulling the bells off your garment, and you're, you have nothing left. 
And you just got to be careful with that. There's a lot of answers to this that I could spend an entire series on and how you can get your joy back. Because you got to realize joy leaks. And then the church takes every bit of it out. They'll take it out. Like, it, the ministry will suck everything out of you. I want that, though. I want to be poured out. But you got to fill that thing back up. And there's a lot I could say, but I feel like the Holy Spirit led me to this one thing. So spend more time with God. Pray. Make those a priority again. You know that. You could preach this. But I felt like I was supposed to remind you of this one source of joy that maybe some of you don't even have it at all. And that is the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love. Second one on the list after love, joy. Watch this. Jesus, full of joy. How? Through the You want to see more? And the disciples were filled with joy and with the I'm telling you. I'm telling you where joy really comes from is with the person, third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you. And if you notice the, I mean, they were so joy-filled on the day of Pentecost, they thought they were drunk. What did they have to be acting like? These men are drunk. It wasn't serious. It was, <laughs> y'all drunk. The problem is everybody needs Everybody has a need to be drunk because everybody has pain. So let me say it this way. Every one of you go through pain, myself included, and every one of you has a coping mechanism. You have a bottle in some form. So it might be watching TV to 3 o'clock in the morning, and that's your coping mechanism. It's, your, it's the way you get drunk. Some of you, you're, you're getting drunk. Some of y'all are clicking, and you're soothing the pain. You're doing something to cope with the mech. I can't stop the pain, but I can give you a different way to get drunk. Because the Bible says, don't get drunk, and you can feel anything else. And I almost put a blank there, because it, it, it may not be wine for you. It may be something else. But you're doing something. But the Bible says, instead, instead... Come on, get filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know where you stand theologically, and I'm probably crossing some lines. And at 56, I don't care anymore, right? So I really don't. And, uh, but ARC is, ARC, we have Pentecostal theology. We believe there's a second experience after salvation where you can have a prayer language and joy and be filled. And there'll be, I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you. And it's not like, whoa, y'all, I had no idea. But, well, the cat is out of the bag, everybody. But I want y'all to know I speak in tongues more than ye all, all right? I get drunk every day in the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. And y'all need to get the, y'all need to, here's my simple, I mean, just be filled with the Holy Spirit. You, you, you need the Holy Spirit. Now, if that, if that freaks you out a little bit, I'll send you a message. Because I, I grew up Baptist. I could preach. I used to, <laughs> I grew up in the church that, was, that was, I was taught it was of the devil before I got saved. I admit, so I preach a message now that I think helps people understand. If you, if you want it, you write my office. I'll send you a message 
where I spoke to leaders on how to receive the Holy Spirit and what it's really all about. And I will debunk it, demystify it, and de-charismania-fy de it for a lot of you and realize that I don't know how in the world. If you want to know what the ark of the book of Acts was, it was the upper room. Just letting you know that, all right? That was the ark. Selah. All right? So here we go. Are y'all okay, everybody? I'm almost done. All right? I'm almost done. Y'all get anything out of this? Is all? all right. So the third thing that I realized that why, why pastors are, um, have no joy, let me say it this way, the, the place where I had the least, I've had the least amount of joy in the um, 35 years of ministry now has just been the times where my vision died. So I had the luxury of now being able to look back in the, my most depressed moments of my life is when I wasn't excited about something. And where there is no vision, you die. If people can't see what God is doing, you stumble all over yourself. But when you attend to what he reveals, they are the most, and blessed doesn't mean rich, it means content in your soul. You have a joy, there's something goes on the inside. And a lot of you guys have lost your vision. So you started with a vision, but now you're just working. Now you're just doing, and, it, and dr vision's not driving it. I'm telling you, one of the best things you can get is a vision, like you're fired up again with vision. And I'm going to tell you, it's actually a critical place, because when vision decreases, options increase. You remember when David committed adultery with Bathsheba? I believe it's 2 Samuel 11, if I'm not mistaken. And the first line of 2 Samuel 11 is, when the kings were off to war, he stayed home. He was supposed to be out there fighting the devil. If he'd have been fighting the devil, have a vision, want to conquer, want to accomplish something, instead of staying home. Some of y'all, some of y'all are working, but you're at home, your heart's at home now. You're just, and I'm gonna tell you, the options will increase. But then David wrote this psalm: when the Lord restored me. When he restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who, you know, in the Hebrew, that word dreamed is so close to the word healthy that the, that the translators couldn't decide which word would be better put, better put there. You studied yourself. The word dream in, in the Hebrew means restored to health. Did you know you can restore yourself to health just by dreaming again, having vision again, just getting excited about something again. Our mouths, when I was dreaming, my mouth was filled with laughter. My tongue was sounds of, when I'm dreaming, I'm happy. And I'm telling you, it's time for you, some of you, it's time for you to build something again, dream something again. Listen to Pastor Tommy today. Go out there and do something for God again. Come on, say amen right there. It's, it's important. So Chris, what should I really dream on? I'm gonna tell you what heaven, what, I'm gonna tell you what, he, I, I gotta get moving, but I'm gonna tell you what heaven dreams about. Souls. And some of you lost your passion for souls. So like it's time to get fired up about souls again. So count on it. When there's more joy in heaven, when one sinner repents, when one life is rescued. So heaven's joy is souls. Jesus's joy, Hebrews 12, he says, it was for the joy set before him that he endured the hard days, the cross. What was the joy? You. Souls. 
You want to get your, you want to get your passion back? Go win. When's the last time you won someone to the Lord? Just you. Not on the stage. I'm talking about one-on-one. I'm going to tell you to fire you up. I wrote about in the Daniel Dilemma about a Hindu guy who was a tailor that I've invited to church for two years, and he keeps saying, yes, Pastor, I'm coming. I'm coming, Pastor. He never comes. He never comes. And on the 13th service of 13 Christmas services, I didn't even want to be there. I was so tired. On the front row right there where my precious wife is sitting was Ram, my little Hindu tailor. And I was nervous. I preached, I preached better that 13th service than any of the others because I had a soul, man. I had a soul. And he came up to me at the end of the service with his cards, and he said, look here, Pastor. And he checked. I gave my life to Jesus. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, it fired, it fired me up. Some of y'all need to go sleep on the floor at the Dream Center in L.A. I'm serious. You need to go down Skid Row and look at somebody shooting up and get your passion. Come on, everybody. Renew the passion for, say it out loud, for souls. Get, your, get, get back to souls. Here's, I got I to finish. Are y'all getting anything? That's okay. One more thing, and you know this. One more thing will rob you of joy. This is no surprise. Sin. Sin. Now, listen to me. We all sin, but some of y'all are in unconfessed, unrepented sin right now. I sin, but man, I confess it as fast as I do it. You know what I'm saying? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. Some of you have habitual, secret, unconfessed sin. And I'm going to tell you what it'll do to you. Look at the, look at the repentance psalm. Somebody come play something really good for me in the background here, right? When he was in sin, David said, oh, God, please, please let me have joy and gladness back. You've, you've, let, 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 let the bones you have crushed rejoice again. And then when he repented, in verse 12, he said, restore to me the, the joy of my salvation. That's the secret. All right, I won't say this. It's going to offend some of you. I don't really, I've got to the point where I don't really care. Too many, a lot of our pastors are tolerating way too much of the secular. Way too much. Wait, you, you, you cuss. You, like, we're, like we're almost like we're progressive now. No, you're not. You're a sinner now is what you are. I'm telling you. You're watching stuff you ain't supposed to be watching. And it's just gray, it, it, you know. But you wouldn't do it with Jesus sitting there. Now, I'm not, I'm not your Holy Spirit, and you don't need me as it. So I won't start listing what. But you need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Let me see. What I'm telling pastors, you need to grapple with how much of the secular you're going to allow in your life. I'm very serious. You know, in the book of Hebrews, now it's my last verse. When it, the Hebrew writer was speaking of Jesus, and he said, you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of God set me apart. Let me have this garment. Let me have, I want to carry a, a joyful presence everywhere I go. I, I think it's what Ark does. Honestly, I think one of the best things we do is we carry 
with us the oil of joy. But you got to love righteousness and hate wickedness. And then God sets you apart. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you right now. And you know the action point. It's the most positive word in Scripture. Just change your mind. Change your direction. In 1763, there's a town not far from where you're at right now in Mississippi, right on the Mississippi River, called Rodney, Mississippi, owned by a very wealthy businessman. And um, he named it after his be- one of his close friends named Rodney. Lost the vote by three votes of becoming the capital of Mississippi to Jackson in 1763. But as time went on, you ever seen the Mississippi River? It curves a lot, just zigzags. Well, Rodney was in one of those curves, and debris built up in that curve. And by the 1900s, the Mississippi River, the source of life, the reason why it was so wealthy was because of all that trade up and down the Mississippi River. By the 1900s, Rodney, Mississippi was three miles away from the Mississippi River. You can go there today. It has a population of zero. One of the only things left is this abandoned church. I'm sure it had vision and passion and dreams and joy and, and probably didn't even notice that stuff was piling up. Loss of vision, neglect, discontent, the debris of sin. Next thing you know, you wake up, you're three miles away from the source of life itself. I wonder how many of us need to tell the Lord before we go back home, I need to get back over to the river. I'm going to clean out the debris. I'm going I'm to get back. I'm going I'm to be content. I'm going to be close to the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm going to dream again. I'm going to repent of my sin and grapple with the secular. That speaks to anybody tonight. You just need to let the Lord know that. Would you be bold enough to stand and say, God, you, 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 you brought this unpolished, not ready to preach message just for me. Is that you? Would you stand with me? And I want to pray for you. If I turn it back over to Pastor Joe and Lori. If I spoke to you, this, the Holy Spirit spoke to you tonight. You've lost your joy. You need to get your joy back. Come on, open those hands before the Lord. Close your eyes. And thank God that he doesn't even need an explanation. He just needs you to repent. That's what I love about our God. He he doesn't need to hear why you got there. He just needs you to turn toward him. He's faithful to forgive and to cleanse. Father, I thank you for these precious leaders. It has been my joy to share with this, this message of joy that you put on my heart for this year. And I'm asking, God, that you restore it back to my friends. And, Lord, I pray, God, for every single one of them, Lord God, to, 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 to deal with the reason why they've lost their joy. God, I'm asking you, Lord, that there'd be a contentment of their soul. Still dissatisfied. I'm dissatisfied, God, with the condition of America. Dissatisfied until we get every soul saved. But, Lord, a contentment in our souls. Just content in our souls. 
Lord, I'm asking you, Lord God, for the neglect that you forgive us and as we get back to closeness with you and get back to the source of joy. And I pray, God, you fill them with the Holy Ghost, God. Fill them, God. Just let them, let them, let, let them literally let rivers of living water flow up out of them. Let, let the, the bones that have been crushed rejoice again, I pray, God, in Jesus' name. Come on, receive this, pastors, leaders. God, fresh vision, today's vision. God, give us a heart for people. Let us, let us, let us realize the poor. Let us, let us understand the lost souls. God, let us get back in the game ourselves. And God, and, and just, just get back to helping hurting people and, and helping somebody who's poor, somebody who's broken, and get our joy back, God, for souls. I pray, God, for a fresh outpouring of souls for this congregation, this, this conference. Come on, every one of us, let's open our hands and just repent of our sin. And I'm praying right now that what the psalmist prays, search me, know me, see if there's any offensive way in me, God. Come on, would you allow the Holy Spirit to put his finger on an area that you called a gray area? You thought it could even stay there, and the Holy Spirit is saying to you tonight, no, it can't. It can't stay there. You can't have that and have the crown of holiness over your head and over your mind and over your eyes. God, purify us once again, I pray, Father, and let the joy of our salvation be restored to us. Come on, lift up those hands and just worship Jesus and honor Jesus. We love you, Lord God. Oh, lift your voice to him with all your heart. Just magnify the Lord to me. Come on, let us exalt his name together. Come on, lift your voice and sing it, Jesus.